name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Trinity Kids, you're out on the lawn over here where Mother Wendy is waving for you to come and join her. And Mother Wendy doesn't need to hear my sermon because she just gave it. In that wonderful introduction and that blessing that she gave us. That blessing of the Holy Spirit. But I mentioned that to Father Tim. I said, gee, Wendy just preached my sermon. He said, well, that's good. Repetition is good. So hang in there with me and see if there's anything more for us today. Well, I came to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior many, many years ago. 1976, before quite a few of you were born. <laughs> but I remember that season of my life very well. The world was suddenly infused with the knowledge and presence of this amazing God. The world was alive with meaning and with hope and with joy and anticipation and life. I joined a church. The worship was beautiful and the people were exceedingly kind to me. I was truly, as Jesus says in John 3, I was truly born again to a new life. It was bright, shiny. It was a new beginning, a fresh start. You know, there was a, a praise song years ago, a very simple praise song that we used to sing. And it went, a cool breeze blows through the open doors of a life that was wretched and vain. And the atmosphere that was cold and damp will never, ever be the same. Because the wind of change is Jesus. And he breathes his power within. And I can feel a new day. I can feel a new day dawning. Well, it's a simple song, isn't it? But that's really what that new beginning of life with Jesus is like. Perhaps you've had that experience. Well, ever since Ken and Tim shared with me his vision for Trinity, I began to have that same experience, that quickening of my spirit, of those early days of new faith. And as I have sat here the past few weeks, looking out at this wonderful congregation, adults, children, dogs. Father Tim sent an email to the bishop the other day. We had a seven-dog Sunday. Yes! God is good. God made those dogs. So I've experienced some of that excitement of those early days of faith so many years ago as I've been here among you all. It's a new beginning filled with possibilities, hope, for true fellowship, authentic worship, real engagement with the questions our culture is asking, and maybe, just maybe, a church where barriers of culture, class, and race are broken down and reconciliation really happens. Well, in the words of a song that was popular in my parents' generation, we've got high hopes, and we should. Because God is a great God, and God has great high hopes for his people. He has great high hopes for Trinity. 
And now we find ourselves here on this beautiful Pentecost day, celebrating that mysterious third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And our scripture readings give us two stories of new beginnings. First in the gospel, here's Jesus on the night of the resurrection, that very night, the disciples are still hidden away and he comes to them. He has lived with them for three years. He has taught them. He's sent them out to practice doing ministry. And then he has died. But he's risen. And he comes and he tells them, as the Father has sent me, even I, even so I send you. In other words, here's the new plan, folks. And as Mother Wendy said last Sunday, here's the new plan. Tag, you're it. Tag, we're it. And then in the second story, the story from the Acts of the Apostle, what a crazy, crazy event, isn't it? The disciples are all together. Then there's this, all these people have come to Jerusalem for the, the Feast of Weeks, seven weeks of seven days. It's the coming in of the harvest. And they're all there. The Jews have to be there, but they come from all different nations. And then all of a sudden there's this loud sound. This loud sound. And then there's this coming of tongues as of, this coming of flames as of tongues. And then the disciples speak. And the people in the crowd hear the works of God, hear the story of the glory of God in their own language. This divert thought that the disciples were drunk. Now, I don't quite get it how drunk people can learn to speak another language. I found it hard enough in college to do it sober. <laughs> but the crowd all asked, what does this mean? And maybe we could ask this morning, what does this mean for us? This breathing of the Holy Spirit, this coming of the Holy Spirit and all this craziness. Well, let's start with the gospel. The disciples, Jesus tells them, are to carry on his ministry. The disciples are going to bring his life to the rest of the world. But they can't bring his life to the rest of the world if they don't have his life in them. And so he breathes on them. He breathes his life. He breathes the Holy Spirit into them. He's breathing his life into them. Essentially saying, receive my life inside you. Well, who is this Holy Spirit? Uh, there was a man once heard to say, Honorable Father, very good. Honorable Son, very good. Honorable Bird, I don't understand him at all. And maybe sometimes we feel that. We don't understand the Holy Spirit. We don't understand the Trinity. But these are things that we don't really need to understand so much as to experience and to know. I'm not going to do a dissertation today on the identity and the work of the Holy Spirit. I just want us all to know very simply that the Holy Spirit is God. Remember the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, one in three, three in one. The Holy Spirit is 
God, the person, a very person. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ come to live in us. The Holy Spirit. Well, maybe we haven't felt Jesus breathe on us, although I'm guessing some of you have. Maybe you haven't spoken in tongues, but I'm guessing some of you have. But that doesn't really matter, does it? Because if we have come to believe, we have the Holy Spirit inside us. Jesus tells the disciples in another part of John's gospel, in that same chapter that we, in a different chapter, I should say, he tells them as he's leaving, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. St. Paul says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. That day I came to believe in Jesus. When you came to believe in Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit caused you to do that. And the Holy Spirit came to live in you. Paul tells us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives in us as God lived in the temple. And then Paul tells us in another passage in Philippians, he says, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's God, the Holy Spirit in us, working for his good pleasure. So we have the Holy Spirit, but the real question is, are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we listening for the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives as he's working in us? Have we given him access to every area of our life? Have we allowed the Holy Spirit to have access to our hearts, to our attitudes, to our hopes, our dreams, our desires? And as he prompts us, are we yielding to him? If he's prompting us to love a little more, are we yielding and being willing to love a little more? He's prompting us to be more forgiving. Are we yielding and forgiving a little more? See, that's the only way it can work for his, for his life in us. That's the only way his life can really live in us if we give him access to us, to all of us. I don't know about you, but there are times when I've kind of shut that faucet off. Sometimes when I've put the Holy Spirit into a bit of a cage, said, thank you very much. I'll take over from here. I can handle my life. I can run it. Maybe I lived a good moral life in that time, Christian values, praying, believing in God. But times when I put that Holy Spirit in a cage, locked him away, wouldn't give him access to my whole life. Maybe you've been in that place. Maybe you're in that place today. And usually we do that because we're afraid, don't we? We're afraid of where, how he might change us, where he might lead us. But there's that great part of the uh, Lion, the 
wardrobe. When somebody asks this question about Aslan, is he safe? And the answer is surprising. Nope, he's not safe, but he's good. That's the Holy Spirit. He's not safe because we don't know where he's going to lead us, but he's good because he's going to lead us in the life of Jesus, in the works of Jesus. Holy Spirit. We've been born again. Our church is in a very new beginning. It's just being born. If we're going to thrive as individuals and as a church, let's be listening to the Holy Spirit. Let's be yielding to the Holy Spirit and thrive. So what are we called to do? Well, as disciples, we are the sent ones. The sent ones, just like those first disciples. We're the ones who are called to bring wherever we go the kingdom of God with us. We're the ones who are called to be salt and light. We're the ones to bear the life of Jesus Christ within us and around us. The kind of people who bear the character of Jesus, who spread the fragrance, the aroma of Jesus in the world around us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to all who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We let the Holy Spirit live within us. What does the life of Christ look like? In many ways, it's a life of Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Isn't that the character of Jesus? And that may sound familiar because in Galatians, Paul tells us those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're not naturally disposed to all of those characteristics. But the Holy Spirit wants to grow those fruits in us. Holy Spirit wants to grow the character and the life of Christ in us. Will we yield? Will we submit? Will we follow when the Holy Spirit moves us? Sometimes we want to do things our own way. We want to get our own way. We want to be right. And I notice this an awful lot over the past few years in our culture, as we all have. And I've been mourning, I've been mourning the separation, the animosity, the hostility, the polarization, the judgment, the pointing of fingers, the hatred of each other. I was mourning that. And last summer I started praying that God would send somebody with a voice of reason, a calming voice, who would lead us in a new way, help us stop being that way. And I realized that what I was praying for was the Holy Spirit. I was praying that the Holy Spirit would come and change the hearts of all of us and give us characters of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
so we don't shout each other down. We don't dismiss each other. We don't hate each other. That's what God wants when we listen to the Holy Spirit. See, I was, I was wanting the Holy Spirit to come. It's he who does that work, who brings the aroma of Christ into the midst of our brokenness, into the midst of our very brokenness. And maybe the Holy Spirit will even teach us to speak in a language with each other, those we agree with and those we don't agree with, a language that we can each understand as he did that day at Pentecost when the disciples were able to speak in languages that others understood the glory of God. Can we learn to speak the language that others will understand? Can we learn to hear? Will the Holy Spirit prompt us to hear a language of others that we don't quite understand and give us peace and patience, control as we try to understand it? I don't know exactly what God is going to call us to do. Father Tim wouldn't like it if I did. <laughs> but I do know that he wants us to listen to the Holy Spirit, to lead us, not just today, but all the way into our future. This is a beautiful beginning. But we can't stop at some point and say, aha, this is what we're going to do. The Holy the disciples didn't do that at Pentecost. It was a great moment, but they continued to follow the Holy Spirit. How are we going to do it? Of course, God has made provision for that also. The Holy Spirit gives us the gifts to do the work that he's sending us to, us to do. And he's given us power. The Holy Spirit came in so much power that day that the disciples, those simple fishermen and other fellows, turned the world upside down. They listened to the Holy Spirit, they followed the Holy Spirit, and all heaven broke loose across the world. I like to ride my bicycle. And in the spring and the fall, it's awfully windy. Awfully windy. And I hate riding against the wind. It's just a miserable experience. I'm sure many of you know it. Or if you run, you probably don't like running into the wind. So I have to figure out my route. I have to know where the wind is blowing. And then I figure out my route so I can have the wind at my back as much as possible. Especially the last two, three, four miles when I'm really dying. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? We need to know, we need to listen to where the Holy Spirit's leading us. And then he'll give us power to do it. I still have to pedal my bike even with the wind behind me. But I don't have to pedal as far. And the hills are easier. to have the power of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to do that in us too giving us power. Nikki Gumbel, uh, the fellow who uh, led all, has led most of the Alpha programs, told a story in one of the older Alpha series of a woman who came to a church in England, and as she was sitting there, the preacher was preaching along, and she found something that uh, it made her enthusiastic, and she said, Hallelujah! And the usher came down in good fashion and said, 
Preacher continues on. She again raises her hand, says, Hallelujah. Usher comes down. It happens a third time, and he comes down. And he says, He shushes her and he says, Ma'am, you need to be quiet. You're in church. And she said, But it's the Holy Spirit. And he says, Well, you didn't get that here. We all have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here among us today and is among us every day when we come here together at Trinity. We have a new beginning. Time for a new beginning. Maybe in our personal discipleship. Let's put up our sails and catch the wind of the Holy Spirit individually and as a church and go where the Holy Spirit leads us in the work of Jesus. Amen. I want to conclude, if I may, with that wonderful blessing that Mother Wendy read earlier. I'm not going to do the whole introduction, I promise. Just the prayer. Let's close our eyes again. Blessed are you, sovereign God and eternal Father. Daily your spirit renews the face of the earth, bringing strength out of weakness, hope out of despair, and life out of death. By the power of your spirit, may your blessing rest upon your people. Let it be for us a sign of your acceptance and adoption, your equipping and empowering. Form in us the likeness of Christ that we may be witnesses of your astonishing love and fill us afresh with life in all its fullness. Amen.